As we all know, 2020 has been a year of unprecedented challenges for the hospitality industry and the many capable and talented men and women who work in it. We're proud to present, with the help of our friends at Bullet Bourbon, this special series of Life Behind Bars. We'll be talking to bartenders across the country about what they've been going through during this crisis and what they're seeing in the future. And Bullet has really helped support the whole hospitality industry through this pandemic. They recently created a, the new um, Bullet Frontier Fund with an initial donation of $250,000 to support North American hospitality industry. And they also have a new program called Bullet Bar Skills, which will be you know getting bartenders to make cocktails at home. The videos will be put up on their Instagram page and hopefully help elevate cocktails for both professionals and home mixologists. Hopefully all this series of podcasts and, and all these different programs will help our industry come back stronger and better after the coronavirus is finished. Cheers. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars, What I've Learned. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast half-full editor. Joining me as always is my colleague and co-host, David Wondrich. How are you, Dave? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, we have uh, an interesting topic that uh, you and I have been thinking about a lot during uh, this pandemic about um, you know how drinks menus have changed as, as people have been at home and can hang out at bars and restaurants, what they've been uh, thirsty for, and also what bars and restaurants have been making for them. Yeah, well, what's possible. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's a whole new... Um, realm of challenges and limitations, but yeah. um, it's kind of amazing to see what you know. All of these you know, really creative and, and innovative bartenders and bar owners have been able to do you know over the last few months to uh, not only you know meet the minimum, but really go above and beyond. I mean, I'm curious, you know, to pick up some pointers for. For my home mixing also. <laughs> um, we have uh, with us, you know, uh, for a discussion about this topic, we've gathered with us for um, this episode, a very talented uh, bunch of bar tenders and bar owners um, coming from New York. We have Claire Sprouse from Brooklyn, um, Omar Yifun from Dallas, and our old friend Eric Castro from San Diego, California. So it should be an excellent conversation. Stay tuned. Welcome, Eric and Claire and Omar, uh, to our special episode of Life Behind Bars, What I've Learned. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks, y'all. It's great to hear your voice. <laughs> <laughs> This is one of the nice perks of, of doing this is that Dave and I feel like we're able to chat with all of our friends who, you know, even though we're not able to go to your bars anymore, we're at least able to, to virtually sit with you. Um, and, uh, you know, even though we don't get a drink out of this, um, we get at least the, the, the good conversation. Wait, should, should, um, should I put my drink down? <laughs> <laughs> please don't. Please, please okay. do not. Speaking about drinks and bars, you know, Dave and I, you know, as you know, we were recording episodes of Life Behind Bars and talking to folks, you know, we've definitely seen a change in the types of drinks people are making and the types of drinks that are being offered, you know, to go. And, you know, we wanted to get, you know, some of our favorite bartenders and bar operators together and kind of chat about, you know, what you thought of the modern drinks menu 
is like these days and, and where it's gone. The, the obvious question is, has it changed since coronavirus? So with my bar that just opened up in San Diego, we have the patio going right now. So it holds about 60 people with all the, you know, separations and, and partitions needed. So we're doing about 60 people, but normally we hold about, it could legally hold about 300. So we went into it already know it's draft about like, okay, this is going to be a vastly different menu. We're not going to be able to do, it's not, you can't justify the amount of prep and work that goes into a lot of these drinks, you know, and a, a, I don't know, menu of 50 drinks, right, for, for that few people. Because if you try to do a menu of that scope, you're going to end up with a wasted product and you have tons of stuff left over every night. So what we did was how do we have the menu make more sense, you know, while, while not reducing the quality and the experience of the guest. So what we did is we kind of went back to our, some of our like house favorites and some of the drinks that we've been serving a lot of over the years. And thought like, okay, how can we do really cool stuff and deliver the experience that our guests are used to, but while avoiding the use of too many perishables and things that are going to go bad. Right. So for us, a lot of that was just cutting back on syrups, cutting back on a lot of the juices that were a little more extraneous that weren't used in many drinks. Like, uh, you know, if you had carrot juice that was only for one cocktail that didn't sell that well necessarily. On a day with, you know, 300 people, you might sell 50 of them. But on a day with only, you know, 60 guests at a time, you're, it's just not going to make sense. So what we did was we paired back a lot of the stuff while still keeping it fun and vibrant and having a lot of our go-tos and house favorites, I guess, have kind of come to know and love. Are the rest of you seeing sort of a similar approach or using a similar approach? Our menu at my bar in Brooklyn um, has always been um, a, like pretty, I like to think kind of simple. I like very simple flavors. So my cocktails tend to only be four maybe five ingredients at the most. And um, our list before pre-COVID was um, maxed out around 12 or 13 cocktails that changed pretty pretty heavily. And so we're still kind of leaning into that model. A lot like Eric was saying, kind of our model was um, in a way almost built to withstand fluctuating capacity and also like leaning on a thin staff. So stuff meant to like be built really quickly and get out the door and mm -hmm. into people's hands and and that yeah we obviously have to watch our pars and things like that. Um, we're actually even more so right now trying to work with a lot more syrups and a lot more produce um, because we work with such a um, a tight network of small farms here, and so we're trying to make sure that we're helping to keep that system propped up. So we're purchasing like extra heavy on like pro seasonal produce instead of relying so much on like modifiers through liqueurs and things like that. Mm -hmm. Smart. Yeah, that's pretty similar to uh, to what I've got going on in my place down in Dallas. We actually haven't gotten to open fully yet. We're still in our takeout and delivery phase. So we've completely converted everything to a to-go uh, to to model. So all of our cocktails that we're serving are, are going to come to you in, in some sort of bottled format. I think really one of my biggest, I guess, focuses are is to make, maintain pars and and make sure that mm -hmm. we're not we're we're not wasting things because uh, cocktail choice is is definitely uh, something that you have to pay attention mm -hmm. to. 
Yeah, you can't just have products sitting around right now. No, not at all. Cash is king. So you want, you want to make sure you have that in the reserve. So no matter what happens, you know, say during a regular menu, you know, launch, you might be able to be like, okay, well, this cocktail uses obscure liqueur, use a quarter ounce of it, and I get the best price on a case. So I'm going to buy that case and, you know, it might sit there for, for six weeks or so or longer it, until the drink moves. But now you don't have that ability. You're like, I'm not buying stuff just to sit on the shelf. Like everything we buy has to go out, has to go out the door. We don't have yeah. that luxury. So, you know, a lot of our cocktails are, are going, I mean, our drinks have pretty much built, been built on, um, I guess, like classic builds and then, you know, kind of maybe tweaked to make them a little more, um, you know, pleasing to the eye or to menu reads. But we really wanted to make sure that, that, that we're building a lot of our cocktails just off of, you know, um, our first pours, our first pour gin, our first pour bourbon, our first pour tequila. Mm-hmm. So the, the cost ought to make sense rather than using, you know, your household fashion with some private barrel that, that you're sending out is kind of a seen as a lost leader. Like, no, no, we're not doing that right now. Maybe not a couple of drinks <laughs> that we're known for, but you know, there's a couple of drinks that, that we're known for that we're like, uh, but you know, it, even then it makes sense because they're balanced out versus the, the rest of the prices. Even though some of the drinks are, are simpler, is it more challenging for you to come up with recipes since you have a little bit more of a limitations? There's a quote by Jack White that I love. Jack White from the White Stripes. And he says, the worst thing you can do to creativity is to give yourself no limitations. That's a smart quote. Pretty much. <laughs> he said, you give a band, you know, no time limit in an endless budget to record an album and it'll never come out. And if it does, it'll suck. And I, <laughs> I, I stand by that. Yeah. I think that's a great quote. So if anything, I think these limitations have made us, our drinks better. Interesting. I agree with you, Eric. I think that times that everybody's uh, pressed right now uh, to... And, things keep changing and you have to think on your feet. Um, I think that's generally where the most creativity comes from. And it's, it, it's really, really good to bring up a, yeah. a musical aspect to it because that, that is definitely the truth and it, and mm-hmm. it, uh, it resonates both ways. Yeah. I will double down or triple down on that sentiment too. I'm like uh, renowned for putting kind of, absurd limitations on myself or on high standards in terms of like um, holding myself accountable to all the things I preach about sustainability. And I, you know, just like that, I feel like um, it always pushes me to, to be more creative and make better things. And honestly, I'm, I feel like we're probably all really lucky to have a creative outlet in that way right now. Yes. Like so much stress and anxiety has been very centered um, during this time of closures and quarantine and to be able to just go back to like our very basic skills of the things that brought us to bartending that we love, like creating cocktails um, is something that is much, much uh, welcomed in the midst of spreadsheets and writing to our local councilmen. When I was doing a, a cocktail a day on the internet, on Twitter at the beginning of this whole thing, that people were really kind of chowing down on the classics, so to speak. They just, you know, they wanted like, like really solid classic cocktails. Are you seeing that too? Like, like uh, how, how's people, how's the, t- the taste of your customers changed? Our place in San Diego is a little unique. So I don't know if I'm the right person to ask because in San Diego, our sister property that's, that's supplying all of our food is, is a new spot and it's Chinese food. So, we have those. I can't say, I can't really tell if, they, if it's changed or if it's because of the Chinese food. Now, I will say, 
with the Chinese food that's coming out next door, we're selling way more tiki drinks. I think that has to do wow. with the heat and the yeah. weather. But also, I think it's, it's obviously, I think it's the food, you know, it's the flavors of tiki and Chinese food, American Chinese food have always gone so well together. So that's the number one thing we've been surprised for, uh, which is good because, you know, the pour cost on a lot of those drinks, you know, it's, it's a lot of rums. So it's the pour cost is pretty good. <laughs> so it has helped us out a bit, you know, you know, you give some, yeah, ounce of, ounce of dark rum, ounce of Jamaica, and, and you're in good shape. It has a much better pour cost than, say, Japanese whiskey. So, so it actually, it, we, it has kind of skewed more towards tiki drinks, but I think you're right. Yeah, it is. Um, it is a uh, classic tiki drink for the most part. So it, it's, it's tough because I know we don't have a, a it's like comparing apples to oranges with, with the new food that we're go, that's going out from next door. So it is a little trickier for us, but yeah, I think, I think people are, are gravitate towards that. That's interesting. Our place is, is uh, Latin American and in, in core. And we've basically switched from being more or less a classic cocktail bar to being more so a uh, vegan Latin American street food restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and so all of the, uh, all of the, the directions that, that we've always been leading, uh, kind of leaning into, uh, just seemed a little bit more poignant now. So now it's where I've been sc- screaming and preaching about Pisco's and Cachaca's and, and this, that, and the other. Uh, as everybody closed and started trans, uh, transforming their, their menus into, into to-go things, everybody was, was, was screaming, it's tequila, get all the tequila you can, all they want is margaritas. You guys all know, know, know Texas yeah. well. Uh, so, uh, so we kind of fed into that a little bit and started to uh, figure, hey, let's let's uh, let's stress our margarita. Uh, but I I also on the on the flip side of that was bottling pisco sours in uh, um, in in caipirinhas, and uh, it just turned out that the the, the pisco sours and the caipirinhas were selling better than the margaritas, which was the strangest thing that, to, that for me to ever see. But it, was, it just felt right because it, it just added to that experience of, of you know, having these great empanadas or having you know, arepas or, or a, a, a cubano you know, with a good cocktail that's fitting. Do you think you know, once um, all of the, you know, the coronavirus is finished, hopefully very soon, that, you know, all of these changes, you know, you know, kind of limiting um, yourself to using fewer ingredients and kind of, you know, stretching them more and maybe eliminating some of the more exotic stuff that we're only using a little bit of. Do you think that will be here to stay, like even after the pandemic's over, that, you know, the future of cocktails maybe will be a little bit different than the kind of cocktails we were all drinking you know, six months, a year ago, two years ago? We're actually only offering cocktails um, on our menu. So um, we're not doing classics at all. Um, what you see is what you get. And because it's been so hot here, every like the converse, nor- the normal conversations of like, what do you like to drink? What flavors are you into? And like nine times out of 10, the people are like, oh, I just want something cold. <laughs> I was like, great. <laughs> <That> <laughs> <can help> so, <laughs> 
or do you have lots of crushed ice? I'm like, I do. In fact, <laughs> I only have crushed ice. <laughs> and um, so for us, it's, um, you know, that's, we've just been focusing on the classics. Your bar player, I, you know, I think is the sort of the paradigm almost of maybe, you know, where people have gone, you know what I mean? Because you had such a, um, a wonderful focus on sustainability even before this started, you know what I mean? Where, you know, uh, 10 ingredient cocktails with like a dash of something that takes four hours to make, like just, I did not figure into your menu really, you know? Well, yeah, it's certainly, I mean, like I said, we've, I've always really appreciated, um, like a simpler approach, but like one of the fa- my favorite things about our bar was building the back bar because I believe that myself and our staff has kind of a unique perspective on spirits and we geek out on kind of strange stuff versus like having the biggest whiskey selection and, or, you know, we have like a weird rum from Africa and like a lot of clarins. And Mm -hmm. for us, it was, there was a lot of like tasting going on at our bar and um, I would love to get back to that. Um, That's something like having those converse, more in depth conversations about spirits was how I mostly and enjoyed having um a a, a big library behind us but i've also we've been selling flights of spirits um during this time so like little six packs of three ounce bottles of um like there's like three or four different levels of agave spirits that you can choose from and then we send Mm -hmm. pdfs with them and like example recipes and photos and that's kind of how we've been. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it's kind of how we've been keeping that conversation alive um, for us. So I don't know, like our our menu will be probably consistent, you know, since before COVID, during COVID and after. But I really look forward to, you know, those more intimate bartender guest experiences where we get to geek out about spirits. That's what I hope that we get back to one day. Yeah, I think of the last uh, new restaurant I went to before COVID uh, here in Brooklyn uh, that had a fancy cocktail program. It just, everything they did seems so sort of inconceivable now. You know, it's like, I don't want to drink that. I don't want to eat that food because of the the, the, the kind of insane over the top uh, complexity of everything. And it, and it seems like, Everybody's kind of hunkering down, but you know, it, it's it's interesting to see that uh, the uh, the simplicity of uh, is still working at least, and uh, you could still be creative uh, with with less ingredients and less craziness going on. It certainly, I think there's a little more comfort that we're looking for right now. I do think maybe part of the reason why you know I mentioned tiki drinks and then Omar with with a lot of the you know the tropical style drinks, the Latin American drinks, is that I think the reason why those are popular is because they're a, a minor, you know, a form of escapism. Absolutely. You know, there's just something about it. And plus, you know, it's the summer's been back one of the hottest summers, I think, on record. And there's something about the, the combination of everything that's going on. Like people, it's very difficult to travel right now. It's incredibly hot and they're stuck at home. So there's something about, you know, having a Mai Tai that, that even if you, if you can't travel, go on vacation somewhere else, at least you can have your vacation in a glass. <laughs> And in addition, you know, like you said, a lot of people at home are making the classics, you know, but a lot of them, they don't want to make, they're not trying to make a liter of Orgeat. No. They don't want to make, <laughs> you know, they're not trying to go pick up, you know, 
five or six bottles of, of, of booze and bitters and absinthe so that they can make a zombie. They would rather have us make it for them. You know, like, okay, those 11 ingredients, I'll make it old-fashioned at home. I'm not making 11 ingredients. <laughs> but at the same time, they might not be so interested as they were in, like, trying crazy stuff like, uh, you know, sweet potato juice uh, infused. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it just it's, it seems like, like from a different time. No, I think you're right. And I think it's because before this, a lot of, you know, younger, younger folks, you know, who go to bars, a lot of people like us industry, we're going to bars a few times a week. So we can take a risk yeah. on a cocktail. And if it's not good, we're going to have another one. But right now we're not going out as much. So you're like, oh, that sweet potato cocktail. If it's not good, I might not go out to a bar right. for two weeks. Right. So I'm not, you know, you don't want to take <laughs> also, that chance. I want a winner. You're not going to roll a lot I want a winner right out the box. You know, like, in right. a lot of places, you, you, you used to be able to see the drink. You know, you'd see it on the bar and, and, and you could say, OK, that looks actually pretty legit. And now, you know, it, 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 especially with takeout, it's like you don't, you know, you don't really get a preview of what you're getting. You just get the, uh, you know, yeah. what's, what it says on the menu. You can't talk to the bartender. You can't do all the stuff that you used to do to convince yourself uh, to, to, to try stuff. Or you'd see a drink that you didn't know, but it was being delivered to some other patron. Right. You'd be like, oh, what? what's that thing? That looks amazing. I was like, Oh, that's the sweet potato drink. And you're like, all right, I'll have that, I guess. Like, oh, but like without actually seeing it, it, it's a hard thing where I think even something like a Pisco sour, it's like, Oh, what's in that again? It's like, Oh, all right. That sounds good. Like, great. I, I call it the New York sour effect. Cause whenever I order a New York sour, uh, then there's yeah. like five more on the bar by the, you know, by the time I'm done drinking it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, probably much to a lot of people's chagrin, the Instagram social media is probably more valuable than ever. I feel I know that whenever I post something on mm-hmm. our Instagram, we'll sell out of it that day. Oh, that's it's like without without fail. Right. And whether it's a dish, which has gotten me in a lot of trouble with the kitchen recently uh, they're like maybe you should check in before you randomly post food dishes we made that for you claire special <laughs> wasn't supposed to go on the menu there was one of those. but again i think it's you know people like that's one part of their life that's fairly normal right like going on instagram seeing a cocktail seeing food liking it and that feels totally normal like it could be two years ago it could be mm-hmm. two days ago you know, seeing something and then being like, hey, like, I, I'm going to order that tonight. That's just, it's that little sliver of normalcy that, that we all have. So, I mean, I understand why they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the social media part that, that does, uh, that, that does unfortunately add, add to your, uh, uh, to your interest, I would say. Uh, we've been, we've been using it quite a bit um, uh, down here and, you know, just without without actually being able to hand or face sell things, uh, you know, your most esoteric uh, spirits and cocktails and stuff, they just they just don't really fall. Uh, they pretty much fall flat yeah. <laughs> from where from where they used to be. Especially, it's such a big component now because people's. Let's be honest; everyone's screen time has gone through the roof over these last six months. So way more people are on Instagram at any, any given time. Like, for instance, our other bar in San Diego, there's a bottle shop there. We have a, a liquor store component, you know, that kind of serves as a lobby. And we're selling so much booze right now through, through Instagram. Just because I feel like a lot more people, like I said, they're stuck at home. 
and they want th these incredible cocktails. So it's easy for, you know, if we post a recipe or, or we have this private barrel of this, you know, bourbon, come pick it up. We only have six left. Like we've done that before on Instagram. It's an Instagram story and all six bottles are gone within three hours. That's brilliant. Yeah, all right. It's just, you know, I feel like people's FaceTime is there. So that's the best way to connect with them. But it's now. the only way you've got. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate. It's, I mean, nobody's coming out, and you know, uh, we don't have like bar reviews and all that kind of stuff anymore, because uh, you know, nobody, especially at least in, in New York, uh, all that stuff has kind of been suspended. Like people traveling to other neighborhoods, not so much. And then at this time, is it is, is it so fair to re to review yeah. the 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 latest? That that that's the the part that that just seems really weird to me is that in a time like this, it's like where all of these bars and restaurants kind of need a little bit of publicity. It's also not really fair right. to, to, to go and review them because uh, everybody's trying their best. To, yeah, everybody's uh, scrambling. Right. It's also like, what do you say? Like, this cocktail is great. Like, if you make it within 10 minutes of picking it up, it's terrible <laughs> within like 35 minutes. So, like, if you... You know, I, I don't, I mean, it's just a logistical nightmare. I mean, obviously for the bars, but also for, you know, for reviewers um, and, and drinkers. But. I've literally thought about the, the best placement of, of the box of bottle cocktails within the bag of food in order to make it to the house at the perfect temperature to where uh, <laughs> <laughs> diluted on ice will get the perfect dilution in well, that cocktail. <laughs> That's how nerdy my brain's well, it's got. It's much harder to do like what, what you all are doing today than to just run a normal bar. I mean, that's the crazy thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, who thought that it could get more complex than what we were doing in regular bars? It's like, oh, shut the bar and do it so it's all to go. Uh, I mean, it, I it, mean this it's is... like teachers in Zoom. It's much harder to, to teach a class on Zoom than it is in person, you know? This uh, is a new frontier. Yeah, everybody's, everybody thinks it's kind of the opposite. You could do it in your bunny slippers, but it's, it's really much more complicated. Truth. Or, or we've been training for this the whole time. Right. <laughs> Once this is over, do you think that people will want different types of drinks or will they continue to drink the familiar like will we ever go back to the obscure and, and the eccentric or or you know or is that over in, in this chapter of bartending i think it's definitely going to come back I, I mean it's everything moves cyclically you know everything things get popular things you know uh, fads go in and out of style and trends come and go so i always think there's always going to be there's always going to be pockets in, in that are focusing on that of course but i feel like you know the, the trends will always come and go so I think if anything, there's going to be an, and, and this might sound really cold and callous. I hope this doesn't come out wrong, but if any, I think there's going to be a really strange time that occurs for, I'd say the first six months after things begin to resemble normalcy, mm -hmm. because we're going to have this great shakeout of a, a lot of places are going to fail um, and go out of business. They're not going to make it that far, but the ones that do, there's, I think there's going to be an increased demand for people to go back out. But there's not going to be as many bars and restaurants as there were before. Or bartenders. So I think there's going to, or bartenders. bartenders. So I think for that five or six months after that, those places are actually going to do really well. Places are going to catch back oh, up. Oh, absolutely. Gonna mm -hmm. get out. It's going to be crazy. I mean, it's going to be people. And then, but there's going to be less overall bars and restaurants. So right. I think in that six months, I think more places are going to open. So 
the, the, the struggle right now is how do you ensure that you survive your bar survives into right, that period right. It's going to be like carnival for like i don't know how many weeks or months where yeah. people are just gonna you know i don't know i i, I don't i mean Every, everybody's around. gonna put on 30 pounds <laughs> <laughs> i know high-fiving oh, everybody yeah. you know <laughs> hugging you know uh, touching door handles i mean all this licking stuff. door handles Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be hard to get any work done. I think uh, yeah. in uh, yeah in those couple of weeks, months. Uh, who knows? I definitely think so too, Eric. I I I think that that there's uh, uh, not only our our whole establishment's gonna going to come and go and in this idea that 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 also means that there's gonna be quite a bit of turnover. So where we're looking at, you know, uh, programs being simplified and and uh, and and honed in and and uh, and focused, uh, that that is probably gonna last throughout those five six months as well because we're we're having to rebuild whole bar teams in in mm-hmm. certain cases and and uh, and what we're gonna end up at the end of those, I've I've. You know, I've gone through quite a few of them myself that, you know, you always end up with something completely different <laughs> when you, mm-hmm. when, when, when all the dust settles. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's encouraging, but it's also scary. And I think that, that, that the people that are, are sitting in the sidelines waiting for things to go back to normal so that they can go back to normal, they're probably going to be up for a bit of a rude and rude awakening as it's not really going to go back to normal. So not for a while, I think it's what people are doing or how they're using this time is, is what's going to help them in the future when everything starts to normalize again. Interesting. Dave and I can't wait to see you all in person whenever that is. Uh, and, uh, drink at your bars. We'll be there for a week. I think they will just, <laughs> We're gonna. We're just gonna park ourselves in the corner and say, "Keep them coming." Yeah, open tap. Yes. Just uh, keep them. We'll we'll have the sweet potato cocktail. We'll have the margarita. <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> Special bottle of whiskey. Bring it yeah, all. Bring we're it ready. All. We've been training for this. Hopefully, we'll see you all sooner than later. But thank you for joining us today. Thanks very much. Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you definitely for having us. Thank you all. reminds you to please drink responsibly. 